Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're kicking off the week here with a big old slate because I believe we are off on Tuesday so that everybody can go out and vote, uh, all NBA fans and alike. Uh, but we are going to look at this Monday slate here for you guys, which is very large as a result. Uh, we just really run, quickly running through Friday, we did very well, I would say, especially in best bets. Went 3-1 and one on the night there, went up two units, 1.9-ish, a little bit more to get basically two units on the night there. We also have play a props up today. Reminder to subscribe and follow along. Play a props went two and two, but we are still up big on the season. Three units there after a couple weeks of NBA betting on these play a props as well. So continue to follow along with us. We're coming back to you each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Got plenty of content flying around the site right now, including those power rankings in the NBA and NFL. Also want you to uh, use that odds finder tool that we have up there. Nate and I use that to shop these lines and play props and everything to get the best odds out to you guys to the best of our ability so nate let's go ahead and get right into our first best bet here for monday's november the 6th slate yeah and i will say friday would have been a much bigger smash if uh not for that bad beat the blazers going to overtime i lost a couple teasers there by one point because we went to overtime it went over 227 uh but otherwise trust the process is the theme for today um and we're going back to a teaser and back to the process of fading the milwaukee bucks so i'll take the nets up to plus nine and a half at home against the bucks tease that with denver down to minus one and a half denver is home versus nola um i mean first of all the the reasoning for the bucks they they are they have one cover i'd call it a half cover on the season where they they got ha- they covered by half a point depending on the closing line against a very shorthanded Miami team that lost Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter, still almost covered with Nikola Jovic leading the offense there down the stretch, um, and then Denver is at home and we we lost them last Wednesday trying to take Denver on the road. I that that's my fault. That's my process saying don't do that um, in conference in division whatever. But now they're back home against the Pelicans. We're going to be without C.J. McCollum, who's been playing lights out this season. I, I don't really trust Ingram or Zion to just carry this offense, to have that stabilizing force. I mean, Denver's won 11 of 12 in a row at home against the Western Conference. Their sole loss, actually, against the Pelicans. C.J. was a plus 27 in that game, and Nikola Jokic did not play. So that really, you could just throw it out right there. Yeah, Nola's played them tough. I mean, they beat them back in February of uh, 2022. When, yeah, but, you know, but that was when Joker's best sidekicks were Willie Barton and Monte Morris that season, <laughs> if you remember. Now Denver's obviously a wagon. They just won back-to-back at home. After that, Wolves lost. They're now 48-8 and straight up at home since last season versus New Orleans 8-20 and as a road dog last year. And their offensive rating was three points worse without CJ last year. So I feel fine about Denver laying one and a half here. The Bucks. Uh, so here's the bad. They <laughs> 29th in, in fast break points, 29th in assist to turnover ratio, um, allowing the most fast break points to the opponent, allowing the second most fourth quarter points, no sort of closing defense. And they're somehow 28th in rebounds per game. The positives for them, they are getting the most free throw attempts per game. That's, you know, that's part of the reason they have such a high turnover rate because it's either Giannis getting to the line or turning it over. And they're fourth in three-point percentage because Dame is just getting his own shot, not really 
working together in a system at all. I haven't really seen anything to indicate that they're capable of winning a game by double digits at this point. The Nets have hung around with everybody. They're 5-0-1 against the spread. They just lost by 10 to the Celtics on Saturday, but they were only down one going into the fourth quarter. Celtics are the best team in the league at, as we stand, at least the best team in the East. Um, the good for this for the Nets, though, is exactly what the Nets what the Bucks have struggled with. They're second in fast break points, third in assist to turnover, they're fifth in fourth quarter scoring. So back door should be open here, even if the Bucks play pretty well, like they did in their debut against the Sixers, if you remember, and then their offense just stagnated horribly in the fourth quarter, because God bless Adrian Griffin. He's not finding the fixes here, the in-game adjustments early to get Giannis and Dame on the same page. Um, I mean, the concern for the Nets is they, they've they been bad against point guards and centers, that Nick Claxton is still out, so their paint protection is not going to be great there. They are third limiting power forwards, though, and Giannis has kind of struggled his last couple against the Nets, his last three against Mikel Bridges, one of which came with the Nets. So, And for what it's worth, like the last five meetings between these teams have all gone under. So if we have an under here, under 233 or uh, under 229, if you go with the T's there, it'd be a lot easier for the Nets to to keep it within single digits. Yep, I'm, I'm vibing. I, I feel everything you're saying. For the Nuggets, I bet that 48-8 and eight straight up is also a little bit better when Jokic plays because they, they lost a couple games where right. he didn't play at home last season. And I believe they lost like... Well, before they went on that little weird run, they had lost like two home games in a couple in two straight seasons worth of home games when Jokic played. So it was a pretty wild stat. And the 48 and 8 itself is, is super impressive. No problem with that because I do think that New Orleans is very fadeable in this spot, especially with Denver um, at home. Like we said, I think they're properly priced at like the what minus uh, five and a half that they that they're that they have uh, as the core bet there in their line versus Nola. And, and so to tease it down, I think is, is you're teasing it against a, 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 like a solid line that we can, we can trust essentially, right? Like it's not some arbitrary number that you're teasing. It's a pretty solid line. Uh, as far as the nets plus nine and a half, I, I knew you weren't super comfortable with the plus five and a half when you were talking about taking them. And I knew a tease was coming. Uh, and I'm glad you didn't try to like figure out the total in that game and, and play it with the, the spread there. Not really worth it. Take something that you feel more comfortable with and, and Denver to win at home is solid. So that's what basically what you got them to. Um, I'm going to go with my first pick here. That is not for the faint of heart, Nate. It is Detroit Pistons plus seven and a half at home hosting the Golden State Warriors who are on the second leg of a back-to-back. And that's reason number one to fade them in this situation. Reason number two is I saw this play out exactly like this last season in this pretty much exact same spot. It was within the first 10 games of the season that Golden State was on a back-to-back at Detroit, coming off of a game against the Hornets, and they lost that game straight up, as they did also at home, by the way, straight up. And and that's because Steph wasn't at that playing in that home game. In the second one, there was other issues, whatever, but at the time for, for that team. But that was a huge surprise, and I think that the, the Pistons gained a lot of confidence in that first game where they won uh, at home in Detroit for that next game that they played, you know, against the, uh, the, the Warriors. So I, I think in this situation, like I was, I was fading the, the dubs yesterday. It was another situation of them at Cleveland in a weird game that starts earlier in the day. Um, you know, and, and they're on this road trip still, all that kind of stuff coming off a win, uh, the, the other night that was pretty big against the, the Kings either like this is this, this is just another even more 
awesome, stable situation for them to lose. They were 7-16 as the road favorite overall last season. I don't think they're going to be as historically bad, as we know, as they were on the road last season, but there's still something in there about the age of this team playing with a rest disadvantage. They only got older with Chris Paul coming in, who's played just as many minutes now as Steph and company and more than Clay total on the season. And with the rest advantage uh, in general last season, 9-12 and 12 against the spread, they had a minus 5 margin of victory straight up. Like, they were losing these games on an average of 5 points per game. That, they weren't, that wasn't against the spread like their margin of victory. That was straight up their margin of victory when they had a rest disadvantage is that they lose by an average of 5 points. Um, and as road favor, as we know, the 7-16, and 16, they failed to cover that spread, those spreads by about 5 points per game. Uh, and I think the, the situation for Detroit is that they've got even – They've got better. They got Cade back, who was huge, almost had a triple-double in that first game that they played when they won uh, against the, the, the Warriors. Duran just gets better. Like Jalen Duran is just awesome. Uh, he, he worked them last season for a plus, basically a plus five, plus five net rating. He averaged 11 and eight in 23 and a half minutes. And I expect way more of that this season where he's up to 28 minutes per game um, with a rest advantage for this team last season, 10 and eight against the spread plus four margin of victory. These things are more just to highlight the age disparity that I think you can just bring right over into this season where they still have fresh young legs on Detroit that when they're at home in a situation where they, I think they have a lot of confidence against this Warriors team plus Plus seven and a half is is too much, uh, and I think it's worth it to uh, to go ahead and hit them for for plus seven and a half points. Love your logic. I will just apply it to the over for me personally. Two twenty four with both teams on a back to back here, with the Warriors defense. You know, I'm not reading into the small sample size as much as their struggles last year defending on the road. Um, I'm not going to blow that up either. But if they were anywhere close to as bad as they were on the road defensively then we're going over in this game. Uh, then the pace should be pretty good. I mean, the Pistons have gone over in four or five to start the season. Uh, Warriors just had an incredible shootout with with the, the shyless thunder. And, um, you know, the Pistons have some spark plug gu- guards. Marcus Sasser is a name to be aware of here and watch for some props. Uh, you know, really efficient score off the bench for the Pistons. And, as somebody who's who's uh, looking at fantasy basketball names, that that popped up for me. Um, best bet number two here is the 76ers to win, and over 22, over 226 and a half at Fanduel. That number locks. the The total has climbed a couple points now because it's the Wizards, and I don't think people are aware of how high scoring the Wizards uh, have been playing, and in terms of their their pace and their complete lack of defense. But FanDuel locks those if you go down to money line slash total parlay. And it's even money right now. So 226, I will take for the Wizards who have four losses this season. And those games have averaged 245. They are on the road scoring 118 with a 122 defensive rating playing at that pace, 101 and a half. And the Sixers, I you can trust to just play faster without James Harden. We have belabored this all season. They haven't necessarily been going over a lot. I mean, their, their defense has been solid. I can kind of parse these out, these recent unders, though. I mean, they just beat Phoenix in a low-scoring game. That was That's almost playoff basketball. That's Kevin Durant slowly walking the ball up and trying to, you know, grind out a win with that shorthanded team. They've played the Raptors twice in Nick Nurse revenge spots that are going to be, you know, a, a very much chess massage, matches and low-scoring. And then they crushed the Blazers. I mean, they scored 126, held the Blazers down because Scoot Henderson, period. I mean, the Blazers shot awfully, and Scoot is just not not a good point guard at this point. 
The Wizards have been off since Friday. Uh, they went 16-5 and five to the over on a rest advantage last year. They should be out running and gunning per usual. They've actually been efficient, fifth in assist-to-turnover ratio, thanks, thanks Tyus Jones. Memphis missing him. Uh, but Wizards getting second-most paint points, fourth-most fast-break points. Philly, once again, slow getting back, 22nd in opponents' fast-break points, and also allowing t- the fifth-most free throws to opponents while getting the fourth-most free throws. So Wizards, all these overs, all these points, despite actually limiting free throws to the highest degree this season – uh, and now you're facing Joe, Joel Embiid, a, a human, you know, 13 and a half free throw attempts per game to get that total up for you. You're also facing Maxi without Harden there, gunking up the works. Like we said, the pace is up. Maxi had 22, 28, and 32 in a few meetings with the Wiz in the last couple seasons. Um, you know, when Harden was at the controls, it slowed down and it was low scoring. But now... I think we'll get a nice up and down game and we should be able to get over 226. Yeah, I mean honestly the the unders that we've seen with with Philly recently have been a result of the other team not coming along for the ride at all. Uh you talk about the under there in the the Raptors game if the the Raptors needed two points, two more points, they couldn't get to 100. They had 99. That w- that was more unexpected to me, I guess on on a back to back for them, but in in the Portland game as you said, same concept like I don't even really think Philly's defense has been something to to marvel at in a way that it, like you know is the reason for any of this. Um, but yeah, with the Wizards right now, you know they're going to give up points too. So I think either way, like I, I like your the, the bet that you found with FanDuel. I also think the over for the 76ers in general for their team total is probably a good bet. The way that they've been scoring and other teams fail to score against them probably shouldn't be the case with the Wizards. You always worry that even as fast as they're playing, they're just not going to make buckets or make good decisions and turn the ball over, which will just equal more points for Philly. Um, but you just need them to come along a bit for the ride too. So I think the, the, the Philly team total is a good bet there with all the logic that you used as well uh, on top of that. But I'm going to close things out with an under of sorts. And I'm just, I'm taking a play a prop here because I, I, I feel really good about three total props. We only get two a video and I wanted to throw one in here uh, where I was looking a lot at this Kings Rockets game. Cause I think there's some good things to take away. I think there's some like key things to take away from this game, including Darren Fox, not being there. He's such a dominant force for this Kings team that when he's not in there, things change a lot. And I think you find value as a result of lines, not shifting enough because Fox is out. So the way I'm playing this is DeMontis, Sabonis under seven and a half assists because I can get it at plus money on BetMGM. If you have a bar stool account or ESPN bet or whatever it's supposed to be right now, you can get it at a little bit better money as well, plus 110. Full unit on that. And I'm going to throw a quarter unit on a, on a same game parlay where I take under nine and a half assists for him, bump it up a little bit so I get under 10 for him in this game, and then sacks money line because they're only minus one and a half since they just lost to Houston on Saturday a couple days ago. And now I think we get a bit of value on them at minus one and a half favorites in this game. Like I said, without Fox in there, this is just something that you can really bank on is less points, less pace. And first DeMontis, that's often meant a few more assists. Uh, But last season when he played without Fox, there was nine games. He still went under this assist in six of them. So that's still a really good percentage. I think it's a little bit bloated also because he just played Golden State, who he dimes up at a really high rate, actually. Since joining Sacramento in the five games he's played the the Warriors in the regular season, DeMontis has gone for eight and a half assists per game. And I think that's overblown this number because he just came off an eight assist performance against the Dubs. And that's only the second time that he's done that so far. Um, In the last two without Fox, this team has averaged 105 
to 95 in their games, right? So like 200 points totals without Fox playing at a pace of 96.3. That's the second slowest pace in the league right now. So like they literally go from a top three fastest pace to a bottom three fast, a slowest pace in the league without Fox. And that just really affects obviously the amount of points. We just saw them uh, in a really gross stinker that went under 200 total against the Rockets on Saturday. Maybe there'll be a little bit more, but this isn't the same Rockets team necessarily. I think the Rockets are susceptible to playing at the pace of the other team, but he is trying to play defense and he's going to stress that more than anything, which is getting back and not giving up fast break points more than anything, which is something Sacramento isn't even doing without Fox in terms of getting out and running, getting fast break points like we've seen. So with all the unders, with the fact that like the, the Rockets actually have been really good at limiting opposing centers, do with that what you will. I don't put too much stock in like, how does an ascent, a center assist against, you know, how, how does a, de- a defense defend against a center passing the ball? Like that is relevant, but it's also which center are we talking about? And DeMontis is going to be a better passer than probably every center that Houston has played so far this season. So it's not necessarily like the most concrete stat, but I think there's something to the fact that down low, you know, Sangoon has improved his defense and apparently grown, uh, so we'll see him in this game, but yeah, the the, the small par- same game parlay for him, just with the, the under at 7.5 because you get the plus money, plus money. Uh, I think is a good bet in this situation. Do you get better odds if you take Houston to win with the under assist? Pro- probably not better because th- it's correlated that if he doesn't get assists, they'd probably lose, right? Uh-huh. But I, I can double check. You, you well, like, I mean, you if, think if you got the underdog, it shouldn't really matter. It's just parlaying two odds together and, and it inflates. But yeah, I don't know if I trust the Kings to win this game, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like it was, it was gross last time. It's been gross every time they've gone out there without De'Aaron Fox. The total's only 224, I think. And and I think we got to lean under this, yeah. you know, what based on what we've seen lately. And I don't think that's the type of game that the Kings are are winning these days is these like these gross, like 105, 95 games. That's more a Dylan Brooks ball and Rockets maybe are starting to find some identity by riding those that him as a defender and and just playing those, you know, mucking it up uh, as he may would probably prefer to do rather than get up and down like they had the last few seasons. A hundred percent agree, agree with all that. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I think uh, unders in this game in general is actually a pretty good vibe. Um, and it's, it's something you can still find value on, by the way, it's two eighteen and a half is the total. It's definitely been bet down, um, a bunch and, and I get a little bit scared there, but man, averaging 200 points a game in the last two without Fox, pretty solid. Like also last year, averaging 109 per game without Fox, haven't even found that sort of offensive rhythm without him. And it seems like Mike Brown is like, yo, just let's like De'Aaron was the fast break. So if, if he's not in, then we're, we'll go back to Mike Brown ball, which is defense, defense, um, and move, move that way. But Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first play a prop for tonight. Yeah. James Harden is only at five and a half assists and this is a smash Man. button for me. Even though there is some chatter, you know, that Tyron Lue, he said, you know, no minutes restriction specifically, but I don't expect him to go out there and play 40 is basically the quote there. Um, You know, he'll have some sort of minutes limit. He's not, so he's not going to play the entire game, but James Harden has averaged at least 13 and a half assists per hundred possessions in seven straight seasons. Uh, While he's out there, he's going to be diving up. He's maybe the best pick and roll passer in the NBA, um, he has Paul George and Kawhi on the wings to spray the ball to. And those are guys who are not going to mind giving up some usage, right, in their debut and say, like, all right, yeah, like, get your feet wet. I mean, Kawhi certainly wouldn't care if he's like, sure, I'll play, like, 20 minutes and score eight points. I I don't care about Poor this. Man. But James Harden does care. 
about a you know a good showing in his debut after he loafed his way out of town. We've seen this twice in the last couple of years. First, the debut with the Nets, 32-12-14 and 14 with nine turnovers in 40 minutes. So give me the ball, please. Let me show you what I can do. Then after he loafs his way out of the Nets with the Sixers, he goes for 27-8-12 and 12 in a 133-102 win. So it just elevates the entire offense. Got Joel Embiid 34 points on 11 for 13 shooting. So I think at this stage, he wants to show like, look, I'm a great table setter. This is what I'm going to bring. Um, and, and, you know, while he's out there, he's going to be able to dime up. Especially against this Knicks defense, they have not found answers to slow him down. His last six, he's averaging nearly 12 assists versus them. Um, and his last three at MSG in particular, which is why I'm like, look, he's not taking this. This You know, he's going to play as many minutes if they give him to him. 30, 32 probably. He's averaged nearly 14 assists per game and, and 23 points while playing 40 minutes per game his last three trips to MSG. Loves those lights, um, and he's going to be out there. So five and a half assists, I would go a unit and a half, and then I would start a little bit of a ladder here at least to go half a unit on seven assists, which is plus 185. Again, I'm not that scared of him playing 25 to 30 minutes. That I think he can still get this number while he's out there. So, but you would you would bank on him playing 30 minutes would be around the cap. You'd think that he he gets... I would project around thirty, yeah, based on the comments. Yeah. Makes sense, and I then I still feel comfortable with it. I, like I'm, I'm gonna tail you on this. I, I feel what you're saying entirely, but I can tell that you like feel it in your soul and within the core of your bones because of how much confidence you have on it. And and I, I'm with it. You know, like you said, a little mini ladder. You're fine with putting a full unit and a half on the core uh, line here for him and his assists, and and that's great. So take that confidence, put it on there, and then, yeah, a little sprinkle on an on a, on a alt for him as well if you feel good about it. If if this was like him, we knew he was going to play 34-ish minutes in a game that they they had to win, then, like, this would probably be even higher, uh, and you would still feel comfortable laddering it the way that he plays. So uh, I'm going to go and be the, the under guy today, man, all three. Three of my picks are unders for my, my player props here today, including the DeMontis Sabonis under seven and a half assists I took in the best bets video uh, that we have up as well today. Shangoon, Alperin's Shangoon, under 32 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Minus 110 on DraftKings, going with a full unit on that. Uh, I'll let Nate talk about the turnovers that he, he's going to be in there, but there's some similar stuff that we'll talk about, which is like usage being up for this dude and the amount of assists that he has in general makes sense because of the fact that his usage is up so high and they're, they're definitely running a lot more offense through him um, almost in like a Al Horford kind of way from where he plays on the floor. But either way, like they're playing this Kings team. And even though I, I, I like an under in this game, well, on top of the fact that I like an under in this game total, I don't like him to get his stuff as much here because of the number. Like, I think he's very good. I, I think he's had a very good season so far. And the six assists per game for him are very impressive. But the 32 and a half is not something that he has done uh, very much at all against this team or otherwise. So, like, even though Sack is... Sabonis is their center. That's not a defensive anchor of any kind. More like Amantis Sabonis because there's no D really coming from him at the center position. They still limit centers to the third fewest points so far this season. They did a pretty good job of it last season. Um, but really, more importantly, like he's only gone, Shangun's only gone over this one out of five games that he's played this season. And that was in 41 minutes 
versus the Spurs, who are playing very, very fast uh, this season, as we've seen. So um, they're playing at the eighth fastest pace. The Kings, very important. We talked about it in, in the other video. We'll talk about it whenever Darren Fox is out. He's a lightning rod for that team and the game in general. Like he's The game is just different when he's not in it. The Kings in general playing at the second slowest pace whenever uh, Fox isn't in there this season. That's been two games out of the, the uh, five that they've played so far this season. Um, yeah, same as last season. There was a nine-game sample. They played at a much slower pace without him, uh, a 97 pace, which is about even faster than what they're at right now, versus the 100 that they played when De'Aaron Fox is in there. Obviously, so many more points per game, like 13 more points per game, actually, with De'Aaron Fox. And this season, everything's just clunky. Um, so with the fact that like we just saw this this total go under 200 in their last game, we've now seen two straight totals for the, the Kings go way under, uh, a 203 total versus the Warriors without De'Aaron Fox as well. Uh, Shangun, as much as like he's done well so far, getting this number, he's still only gotten this number once out of the five games. Is my point. I think we got it a little bit too high because the expectations are that a Kings and Rockets game is going to be played at a super fast pace, and it's not. Yeah, I mean, hasn't gotten this number. To be fair, though, he has been at thirty or thirty-one in three straight games, so it's it's definitely close. Uh, but I agree with you about fading offense in this game, and that's why I would look at the turnovers, which you get plus 135 for him to commit three turnovers at bet 365 in this matchup. You know, the Kings playing better defense, like you said. Mike Brown knows how to chop it up. And and, and Sangoon, every meeting between the Kings in his career has been between two and four turnovers, four turnovers in two of the last four once he actually started getting, like, starter minutes. You know, he managed to have three turnovers in 15 minutes in one of his early career against the Kings. So that's what his MO is like trying these ridiculous passes. I guess Ime has maybe reeled that in a little bit. Uh, but I would I would definitely look at that if you're scared about the bulk production and, and taking the under there. Um, I'm going to go over here in Minnesota. Anthony Edwards, two and a half, three pointers at minus 106 at FanDuel. Pretty good odds there. As he hosts the Celtics and the Celtics, because in part because they've been just a freaking truck on offense, have forced opposing teams to shoot a lot of threes. Uh, we just saw the Nets shoot 52 threes on Saturday, 17 hits, including two guys hitting four. Wizards had two guys hit three. Uh, the Heat of all teams had, had four guys hit at least three, including Hero hit five. And the Knicks of all teams, four guys hitting three, quickly wow. hit five. So for Ant to just hit three, uh, I think it's pretty friendly odds here um, that the, the Celtics are giving up the seventh most threes to shooting guards in particular. Ant has hit 4.3 in his last three meetings against the Celtics at 48%. This season, he's been lights out on lower attempts. Uh, only 5.6 attempts from deep so far, but he's shooting 54% versus last season. He shot 35% at home and took eight. So I think, you know, a different type of game state here. Mm -hmm where you're trying to match points with, with this really efficient offensive team where you're trying to prove something, um, as, as we saw with Minnie when they beat Denver at home just last week. I think it's a similar situation with the Celtics on shorter rest. Um, Ant should come out gunning, and I'll take his odds to at least hit three if he's going to get like eight attempts up. Yeah, I mean, the logic is all yeah. there. The, the two and a half for him is probably going to be around there for most of the season to, to get it at at you know the the basically even money 
in a situation where I do think you, you expect a bit more points, the T-Wolves still confuse me with the sort of runs that they go on. And, and the runs that they go on, I mean, like, sometimes they play fast, sometimes it's slow, sometimes defense, sometimes not. Celtics are going to pour it on, though. Like, I think you, you can expect that. Unless they, you know, they have an off night. I'm, I'm sort of staying away from this game. You can tell how much I'm waffling on it because I don't have a feel for it. I would just say the number is nice for Ant Edwards to do some stuff in this game at near at near even money for that. So uh, I'm going to close out with an under again. As I mentioned, this time Zion Williamson. I'm really just fading a lot of really good big men tonight, uh, but we'll see how it goes. The big men fade parlay maybe. Zion under four and a half assists. It's minus 125. Juice that down, obviously, there. So we'll go full unit on it, though. But another thing is something he hasn't done very much. Um, He's put up five assists once this season. It was eight versus OKC. I think you're going to see a much faster game than the the game we're going to see against Denver at home, where Denver is just, they control the clock. Like, it's crazy. They're like Tom Brady and and Belichick controlling the clock. Uh, They get possessions how they want them, when they want them. The, The pace of the game, especially especially at home where they probably have the most uh, efficient home court advantage, most impactful, I should say, home court advantage. Like they can just do what they want at the speed that they want. And I think it's going to be a little bit slower where like they don't want to have to like worry about like a one-on-one versus Zion at the rim. They just want to play team defense and keep him muddled up in a way that, you know, he'll have to kick out. I agree. But without CJ, it's like, I think you're still getting some pretty good value on the assist. I think it'd be a little bit lower if CJ was in um, because you'd expect him to have more with CJ out as like point Zion. But that hasn't really been the case. Uh, You know, with, with CJ out, he's averaging the exact same amount of assists since CJ got there, which is like a nice sample size. There's been roughly like 15, 16 games without CJ uh, and a a bunch with him above 30. But um, Denver's top 10 in limiting opponent assists overall, uh, 15th in limiting power fours a season for whatever that's worth. Once again, I don't necessarily put too much stock in it. I think it's really matchup based, Um, but he's only put up, like I said, five assists in one of his five, or I'm sorry, put up five assists in one of his five matchups versus Denver uh, over the last uh, couple seasons. So like he's still, it's not something that he does, especially because of the style of play that these two teams usually have when they go up against each other. So um, yeah, the other three games, by the way, this season where he didn't, uh, get the the over five assists like he did against the Thunder. He's only averaging two point eight, so it's it's not something that I think he's really looking for this season. He hasn't even really found his rhythm going to the rim, much less like passing the ball as he's driving. So I think it's still a good fade for him. Yeah, I mean, similar game theory when you have you know Ant Edwards gunning. You you know in this situation when you're playing the best team in the West, Zion's going to be gunning for points, not not necessarily trying to play make here. Um, and, and the spacing could be off without CJ. It, it's kind of never really worked with exactly. him and Ingram just being the, the 1A and 1B. So I, I don't know about them scoring a lot. That's why I like Denver to win this game, put it in a teaser and best bet. So go check out that video, see what our logic yep, is there. I'm with it. So, all right, that's all the time we have for you in a play of props here for Monday night. We're going to be off, I guess, on Tuesday as the rest of the NBA is. So we'll be back on Wednesday with these videos for you guys. Until we see you next, happy betting. Step it up,